1: J.C. John Paz, and with me as always is the star of the show, former WWE Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, as well as one of the greatest trainers in the history of professional wrestling, he is the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you today?
0: Greetings from Knoxville, Tennessee. It's a great day as usual here, and I'm uh, uh, enjoying the summer weather right up front.
1: Now, we are recording this on 531. Tomorrow is June 1st, the first day back for JPWA. How do you think all that is going to go down?
0: I think it's going to go down just great. It'll be our second class of 2020, and I'm looking forward to it. So uh, uh, we'll wait and see. I mean, this is unprecedented for anybody in the world today. So we're we're going to see what happens. But I think it'll go just
1: fine. Are you expecting any hiccups, any craziness, any... Uh, Weird temperature checks, anything uh out no. Of the
0: norm? Actually no. I'm I'm not really expecting anything out of the norm. We've gone down, changed the canvas, we've uh sterilized the ropes, the the corners. We we've done everything we can to make it uh safe and uh sterile for everyone and disinfected. So I think it'll go without a hitch. Um we're gonna we're gonna work smart and do what we need to do.
1: Pretty great see things get back open and, and you know have everything kind of uh, basically everything open up once again and we get to see the world opening but it's very cool uh JPWA is going to be kind of all a part of that.
0: Well yeah, I, and and I think it's cool for a lot of a lot of places to open. You know uh Shinbo D was doing the snake pit pro for a while mm-hmm. when we yep. were off and and also uh, he just did a a camp in the uh I think North Dakota. So um they're getting back open. Everybody's getting back open. I think we all kind of felt the same way uh, when we couldn't do anything. So it should
1: be good. Now today we're going to focus on just something very, very random, but something great that uh, is kind of cool to talk about. That is the WWF. And, of course, the WWF Tag Team Championship Tournament. This was a tournament back in 1996, actually, from February 20th to about March 31st of 1996 and the tournament was to decide the new WWF world tag team champions as the smoking guns the smoking guns had to vacate the titles due to billy gunn suffering a neck injury and obviously the tournament eventually is won by the body donna skip and zip but we talked about it before just a little bit on the show that neck injury billy gunn blamed on you
0: uh yeah and i i don't
1: I don't know, but
0: obviously I did that. I, that I actually hit him that hard. Uh, but I came down from the apron and I nailed him the back. Wasn't, I don't, I don't think I was aiming for his neck, obviously, but yeah, that happened, man. And I felt horrible about it. I really, really did. And, um, so, uh, I've, I've since apologized and, uh, (laughs) I think I've apologized for breaking his neck and, and apologized uh, for being in the tournament too. But uh you know yeah it, it was it was kind of a weird time and I've said this before the the tag team division already was a little uh lackluster if you will and and I think we all knew it uh
1: we we could tell the difference but
0: but that happened Billy and we had to move on by gosh
1: You ever noticed that with Billy Gunn for some reason WWF always says that he's shorter than what he what he really was Did you ever notice that No I didn't okay he's a big he's a big guy and he's now what? Huge. What? what are, yeah, he's huge. What? What are they? What are they billing at? Like they would always say he's like six three or six four, and then when <laughs> you ask him, he's like six five, six six, something like that. So basically, they'll say 6'3, yeah. 6'6. Six, six, six.
0: Yeah. Well, they could be doing that just to mess with him because he because he's the kind of guy who would take exception to it. I saw him and Shane McMahon actually race. Uh, down the hallway. Don't remember what town it was in, but I just remember that, <laughs> that Billy was walking down the hall and Shane kind of walked up to him kind of fast and then he looked over to him and they just started both walking fast and then took off on a dead run.
1: He's competitive. He's, he's a pretty competitive guy. I always thought that was interesting, though, because that is kind of, that arrows. you know, there's so many big, huge guys and he's one of them. But I always thought that was strange. I know he bumped a lot and and didn't do you know a lot of quote unquote big man stuff. But he's just as big as a lot of the big guys. You know, he's just as Yo, big as JBL and uh, Henry Godwin and those guys. I
0: think I think
1: you know when he when he started out there
0: though, uh, not so he he wasn't really going to the gym like he did later on. You know, he he was a tall guy, but he was kind of lanky and that. But he and Bart both. Uh, did the rodeo and things like that, and 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 being in a rodeo, uh, riding or hog tying or whatever, whatever you want to call it, that's a tough gig too. And both of those guys were pretty tough, so uh, I think they might have done it just just to be messing with Billy too. It, 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 it sounds crazy, but it wouldn't surprise me. How tall are you, Billy? Six six. I'll make you six two. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know. I, I just, just a theory. As far as Billy Gunn, what was kind of any sort of relationship with him? Were you friendly with him?
0: Um, well, there were times, but see, Billy was more of the. Uh, he was the one who felt strongly about things on the team. In fact, he was he was going to take the lead, and that, and and Bart even said one time he just said. I don't even want to fight it, and I understood what he meant because uh, Billy was. But Billy knew what he was doing, and Billy had a he had a plan. He had ambition, and uh, I didn't. I wasn't really close with Billy. We had a couple talks, and but he was again one of those guys that you could say the wrong thing just talking really nice, and all of a sudden he'd snap. And that, it was funny because you knew he was he had a good heart, and you knew he was a good guy. And, and he loved the business. You knew that. I mean, you could tell when he got in the ring because he worked hard. He, 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 he couldn't say anything about his work ethic. So, uh, but we weren't really buddy-buddy. I do remember we they put us over one night, and uh, he wasn't real happy about it. And I told him at the bar, I did see him at the bar, and said, dude, I don't, don't sell it like this at all because um, we're supposed to be putting you over. And that that's that's a natural progression. that that's what'll happen next. But sometimes it's just a test, just to see where you're at. So but other than that, no, not not a not a big uh friendship. We although we did throw milk at there let me tell you another story here. We were in Canada, my partner Jimmy Del Rey and I and uh the uh smoking guns were driving and they threw something at us on the on the interstate and we had Milk for some reason, I don't remember if we drove through Tim Horton's or something anyway, and uh, we pulled up to him. I was driving and Jimmy threw the milk at their windshield. Um, and a cop pulled us over and then we we had talked the cop to taking us to the hotel, handcuffing us and trying to look for the smoking guns. We wanted wanted to give him some kind- uh some story, whatever it was, but um that was the only other interaction i guess i had with uh, billy and bart
1: now bart gunn later on would win the brawl for all very very tough guy who would have known or who would have thought he was one of the, arguably the toughest guys in the wbf at that time considering he won that tournament and knocked everybody out on the way to winning it what was kind of your thought did you ever think like wow you know bart gunn one of the toughest guys was that ever a thought that kind of went through your mind yeah, and and uh, especially
0: the guy with the scar uh, on his side, like Bart had, and he was a big guy, but you could tell that was a uh, um, that was a that was a hell of a scar. That wasn't a car accident or anything like that. That was uh, he, he getting sliced open, and he just he had that demeanor. He was one of those guys. He didn't have to tell you what he was going to do. He just did it. And it was that confidence, that quiet confidence. He wasn't a big braggart guy. He just, um, uh, he had a feeling he was pretty tough because he didn't have to tell you he was tough. He just showed it every time he went out there with him. He was a good worker, never had any problem. But he, he I've seen those kind of guys before. When you get an idea, you, you take a look at him and, uh, again, just kind of by his demeanor and same thing with Scott Hall. You know, you knew Scott had – there was something about Scott that, that told you uh, it's going to be a lot easier jumping on than it is jumping off. And that mm-hmm. that was the Same thing with Bart, you know. That's kind of the impression I got. So don't give him a reason <laughs> to knock you out or try and, uh, you know, jump
1: – throw you off. Now, when they do get injured, the smoking guns, and they're kind of out of action, is that something – that in the locker room is kind of like, oh, Dr. Tom injured somebody. Oh, like, is that something that gets around the locker room? Is there negativity towards you about it, or is it just business as, <laughs> as usual? And, you know, well, that kind of
0: stuff happens. Right, right. I, I don't, I I think
1: probably there was some
0: negativity towards me, but I'm not sure if that was the reason. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, no, I never heard that. And, and I I made it very, very um, obvious that I was apologizing Billy, and going, I felt horrible about it. So, no, I don't think, I don't, and if there was, I'm here to set the record straight. It was an accident, and I really don't think it's, it must have just been the right place at the right time. And uh, uh, it was an accident, period. Shit happens.
1: So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, with this tournament, you're right. I mean, it's not like a who's who of a great tag team vision. There is some good tag teams in the tournament, but really, if you look at it, it's not the best. Oh, I looked at it. No, you're right. It's exactly what it was,
0: and we knew it. So, it was that time in WWE, and I think everybody knew, too. Uh, it It was, again, the calm before the storm. There was a lot of things that just weren't clicking and we knew it. I, I think everybody who was there knew it. And um everybody was doing the best they could. But uh once again that was the era of the Duke the Dumpster and mm-hmm. the goon and, and uh T L Hopper and things like that. And um again could because to talk about that time and to talk about the, who was in the, the division at that time, like you had Al and Marty as the new rockers, right? Yes. Okay. Then you had the Godwins. Yes. And then you had the Body
1: honors, Yes. Okay. And who else? So in this tournament, the Bushwhackers, yes, oh, the, they were somehow yeah, the still there. Yep. yep. Insane. Uh Owen and the Bulldog. <laughs> okay. All, all coming, great I <laughs> Right. Um, Hakushi and Barry Horowitz. Well, there you have it. Sure, together uh-huh. thrown together tag team. Another thrown together tag team, 1-2-3-Kid and Tatanka. And everybody was saying, please, do we have to do this or what? Yeah. And then uh, the last quarterfinal team was Razor Ramon and his buddy Savio Vega were actually a right. team in this tournament. Right.
0: Well, so, I mean, it just goes to show you the the... <laughs> excitement level and the uh, and uh, and totally understood uh there was no reason to put a whole lot of uh, emphasis on the tag team division at that time so we were writing r- it like that and understood that's what it was and i think uh the godwins were our main opponents every night and um yeah it was it was that, that kind of match Every night, even up to WrestleMania, it was, uh, haven't gone out there and, and, uh, I don't, I really don't think anybody cared at that time about the tag teams. I I just don't. It was, uh, uh, a Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart kind of show. It was, you know, the Undertaker, Razor, Diesel, um, and I, I think the tag teams were slotted just to, to have a place on the card, and that was it. But as far as as far as having any great memories and wonderful stories to uh, share and impart, honest to God, it was uh, it was what it was, and it was the Body Donners and Godwins every night.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you guys work together a lot. So the quarterfinal starts out. Godwins defeat the New Rockers. Also, Owen and the Bulldog defeat Hakushi and Barry Horowitz. What a weird thrown together team. Right. I got to kind of stop right there. What kind of, we'll get back to the Godwins, obviously, but what is your thoughts on Barry Horowitz? Always known to be a great hand, but maybe, I don't know, maybe in an odd position teaming with Hakushi in this part
0: uh no, I've always liked uh barry horowitz he
1: he he
0: was having a good time in the business uh and then when he was doing this um this was during the time i think uh when he beat chris right that was mm-hmm. when
1: he okay this is that um, yep yep
0: right right so you know now they're using him, and chris is in a in an angle with Barry Horowitz
1: hmm. You know,
0: uh, and and then all of a sudden, you know, Barry just sticking around, and, and Barry's got a job, which is great, you know. And, and Barry was, uh, Barry was was good to be around, have around. Um, but once again, Hakushi and Barry Horowitz, how random can you get? You know, for the for the tag team championship, and. Uh, You're right. You know That was what was going on back then, and that's why I think everybody was so ready for a change when it happened.
1: Owen Hart and the Bulldog defeat Hakushi and Barry Howard. Actually, before I get to Owen and the Bulldog, what about Hakushi? I always thought he was a bit kind of underrated in a certain sense. Great worker. Great worker. He was underrated. Nice,
0: really nice guy. Didn't speak a whole lot of English, but a really good guy. Uh, I I don't know how he even, um, if it was a deal with whoever, but, uh, and and he always held his own. He he could go out and he could work with anybody, but I don't know that, um, especially at that time, anybody knew what to do with him or, or (laughs) where to even start. I mean, uh. He had tattoos up and down the face and the, and the chest, and I, I wasn't sure what it was, but I guess they explained the story on TV, or you know, somehow, I don't know, but but I don't, uh, all I know is uh, when here today,
1: gone later today was, was the case. Did they ever, or well, did you ever see him before, like prior to WF, like um, in like Mission Pro or anything like that, or or no. uh, FMW anything? No, never did.
0: Him? No, never. I was not not till he came over here. Uh, but he but he was a nice guy,
1: and uh, and he and he could work. And he had that kind of uh, weird writing uh, all over his body. Almost, uh, I guess it was really like almost Buddhism kind of stuff, like written or Buddhist practice or. I don't know what they call them, sutras or something like, basically written all over them.
0: Ah, um, yeah, maybe like a Japanese priest, I guess, something, mm. something along those lines, or, or if that could have been it, and you uh, do the gig. But yeah, I thought, I thought there were the tattoos, and yeah,
1: Yep. Yeah. So he, he would, he would tattoo up, and then he'd wash them off. Now Owen and the Bulldog, obviously uh, Owen Hart. We just passed the uh, kind of anniversary of his horrific death back in 1999 at the over the edge pay-per-view and obviously british bulldog is no longer with us as well two of the all-time greats in my view what are your thoughts on owen and british bulldog well i always got along with davy and i always got along with
0: owen and owen um owen everything you hear about owen is what everyone says about owen and it's, it's all true he was uh uh, pleasant to be around he liked playing ribs it, they, they weren't harmful ribs they were usually pretty funny and davy um <laughs> davy was interesting in the fact i guess that he, he could be um mean sometimes on his ribs i guess but he was i never had any problem with him but i but uh, Davey just, uh, I don't know. I thought Davey was a hell of a worker too. And, uh, and I always got along with him, but, uh, sometimes he got a little mischievous as well. And him and Owen together, uh, could be, could be entertaining. Could be amusing if you're not on the, uh, receiving end. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Were you on the receiving end of uh, some ribs from those guys? N- no. Thank God, no,
0: I wasn't. Owen called me one time. He, but, but I think he did this with most people. He did call me one time in my hotel and said that uh, I needed to come down and pay a bill or my credit card bounced. I think, and, and or you needed to be out of the room now. I think it was, and uh, he tried to give me shit, but he gave up because I just said okay, okay, because I wasn't in the mood to fight either. I was just right. gonna say okay, okay. Um, that was it. And I mean together they were they were great
1: in part they were pretty good. Do you think that they even should have been a tag team? I mean they're both obviously so great singles? Do you think it's one of those things they almost given them something to do while they are giving somebody else a push, or do you think that they should have been a tag team and kind of rejuvenated the tag team division uh, with them well i
0: i I think uh especially at that time, if there was nothing Going for either one of them, putting them together and making them uh, making it work, and let them have fun working together, and they, they could actually be a good tag team. is it, a pretty good idea, especially if there's nothing really planned or set and <clears throat> for Owen or for Davey Then um, I, I think it would have been for anybody. If 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 you have if, again two family members and uh, they like each other and they like working together, then uh, <laughs> put them together uh, and see what happens because that will just prolong what you have along the way and might even open something
1: else up. So, uh, But I thought it was fine. So the next quarterfinal matchup, Razor Moan and Salvio Vega defeat One Two Three kid and Tatanka, who are part of the Million Dollar Corporation at this point. What were your thoughts on that faction, the Million Dollar Corporation? Because it does seem like a bit of a hodgepodge of guys managed by DiBiase.
0: Well, wait a minute. So it was Tatanka,
1: Kidd, and who else? Bundy? No? Hmm. Yep. Who, was it Bundy? Yeah, he was in there.
0: Okay, who else
1: was in the... Uh, at one point... Uh, the Million Dollar Corporation had IRS. Yeah, uh, they they also had Bam Bam Bigelow at, at one point. I think
0: we were on their side at Survivor Series in,
1: in yes. San Antonio
0: too. Yeah. Well, but we weren't actually. I don't think we signed our contracts with them until you know five months later. Um, no. I, once once again, I think at that time, John. Quite honestly, uh, especially looking back at it. Uh, and I have before. Just looking back at it, seeing you had DiBiase, who had already had the run with Hogan. Hogan's no longer there, so we moved Ted to um, a, a different spot, different position, and he doesn't have to take bumps for his neck. He had a bad neck too, and all this stuff. But I thought it was a great vehicle for DiBiase. But he he didn't he really didn't stay much longer. After that, I think he he was on the WCW. Jeez, um, was it ninety six? When did when, yeah the yeah, fall, 96.
1: fall of ninety six and joins the right. NWO. Yep,
0: right. So I mean, yeah, I, but but why not get the most out of Million Dollar Man Corporation? I I
1: thought it was a great idea, good way to use Ted DiBiase. Do you think One Two Three Kid worked as a heel at that point? I
0: think so. I think he was a heel.
1: Yeah, yeah. Him as yeah, yeah. or Yeah, But do you think it, it was working, or do you think he was kind of better off as that babyface? He was so good in that kind of underdog babyface role, too. Well, I, I, I think he was great
0: in the underdog babyface role. But I also think... Um, see, but that's the thing, because he really is a legit nice guy. Uh, but at the same time, he knows how to be that arrogant uh, smaller heel jerk and he could do it well. Um, and I, I, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't, I don't know that um, I can honestly say it was better that he was a heel at this time or a baby Cause he was still a lot younger as he got older. Certainly. I mean, that, that just kind of add added to his appeal is being that, that Pest that guy that you want to. If you just get your hands on him, and then he'll hand you your ass, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, but I thought he did a great job as a babyface and as a heel. And, and I think as he got older, he certainly became a, a, a really good heel. And I enjoyed him much better as a heel uh, than as a babyface because he had he had belief and conviction every time he came to the ring. I thought as a babyface and as a heel.
1: I think that the Million Dollar Corporation was, I don't know, to me, it was just a little bit of a hodgepodge of guys like Tatanka. You kind of remember him as a face, but then they turn him heel and put him with DiBiase. Some of it works, some of it didn't. Like putting Nikolai Volkov in the group at one point didn't really work for me. <laughs> right. But, right.
0: But but And again, I, I can understand. But from, from uh, the other side of the coin viewpoint, um, if you have these guys who are around and you don't have a place for them, but you have a guy like Ted DiBiase who needs, um, a crew. So who would you put in there? Well, Tatanka, uh, and, and revamp him. And, and then you're going to put Nikolai Volkov and what, what Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> yes. And he has, he has the, the, the scent Sign, not the dollar sign, but yes. the cent sign. You know, yes. so I mean, now they're having fun, I guess, <laughs> at the booking meetings or whatever. Who, whoever's deciding or or coming up with this, uh, because if you have guys around and maybe they're looking for the nostalgia, maybe they're looking because they they like the guys and want to want to give them something. Um, yeah, it could have been a. a a mix of guys, but at that time, who else would you have put in there? Who wasn't everybody else was pretty much involved or tied up or uh, had 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 a had a home, <laughs> had a place to go for for that night on the card. Uh, so you like Nikolai, and he's he's hanging out. Nah, let's put him in Dibiasi. Saying, oh, it'd be great. He could wear the one cent thing. On, and I can hear the ideas <laughs> bouncing off the wall. Oh yeah, and then we'll have him. Uh, Whatever we'll do. You know, so... uh, And that's kind of how I think the times were back then. Because even when I was asked to be Zip, like I said, I thought there Mm -hmm. was still a a last chance to just get out of it. But those guys like Marty and Al, uh, same thing. Different two guys hanging around there. They got them under contract. Well, hey, look, similar. Let's make the new Rockers. Yay! (laughs) So... Yeah, it's, it's it's. I think that's how everybody felt during that time. They,
1: you could look around and and pretty much see what was happening. And the thing about One Two Three Kid, which is interesting. The year before, you're right. You it was you, uh, Rad Radford, and Skip One Two Three Kid. You guys were on the Survivor Series team, but you weren't Dip quite You were still Dr. Tom, which is kind of cool. And DiBiase and Sonny, we were both kind of at ringside with you guys. But that's a kind of cool thing. But One Two Three Kid. I was just thinking, like, I remember people were saying how small he was, and he's such a small guy. Yeah, maybe compared to those guys, but, in you know, in actuality, he's not that small.
0: No, and he's, he's, he's taller than you think
1: he is, too. Yes. And, yep. and I
0: think uh, just because he was a little slimmer in his youth, he looked smaller. But um, he was. Very deceiving, I think. I think you, you're right. Getting next, standing next to him, you'll see uh, just how, how big he actually is. So uh, I think it's just one of those things people look at and they make a judgment call, and then they watch the guy work over the years, and some of his kicks especially and uh, his strikes are, are pretty much right on the money so i yeah I, I, he's got my respect for sure he always has because he never went out there and dogged it uh, and and again he he worked like a heavyweight and he might not have
1: looked apart but he but he fought back and he had fire What do you think about Tatanka? At one point, you know, he was undefeated for over a year. I mean, they were really, really high on him, and they thought he'd be the next warrior. I guess was kind of what they were going for with him. But what do you think about Tatanka?
0: Um, I think Tatanka. He certainly had talent, and and he he certainly looked. I I don't know if it was uh, just a matter of they they went the year of the undefeated record. And got got to that point and said, "Okay, well, uh, what what have we done, and, and what what do we do now? Because I don't know that anything was ever made during that year. Did he have uh, any majority or major angles through through the year? I that that
1: uh, you could
0: add on or or." or Light of fire too, or, or no? I mean, he
1: was he was shooting with Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Title and beat him by like DQ and Canada and stuff, and never got the actual win and never got the title. Right. And it was rumored that he was going to win at WrestleMania nine, and that never happened, obviously. But right. it was nothing like huge or major. He was just kind of floating along, being undefeated. Well, I yeah, and and again, I think
0: it 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 just could be one of those things that you. Have the look, you have the talent. Uh, then you have to figure out what are you missing, and only only Tatanka would know, as well as whoever would make those decisions. Because I don't know that they just go along with somebody and somebody. Pardon me, and make them uh, undefeated, and then just drop it, unless they just don't see anything. And I don't know if that's the case or not. But you know, uh, there were there were times when you just looked around and, and nobody, I don't obviously nobody had an answer back then, but it was later on that they finally figured out we need to make some big changes here
1: with him. It's funny too, the way he kind of lost that undefeated streak. I know Yokozuna cheated and everything else, but Ludwig Borget beat him with a finger. Remember, he just put his finger on the end the undefeated streak. So that, like that was almost like the exclamation point of like, yeah, I don't know. We don't really see main eventer right. in you. Like this is the end of you. Literally, the finger. Like, holy crap!
0: Right. So, I mean, that, that's that's what it uh, it boils down to. You just have to try and, if you if you really want to know, which I think it's obvious <laughs> now, after you have been given this great undefeated streak, what. Uh, what, what's your idea? What do you have in your head? And I don't know what he said, if, he, or if that was even asked, but um, whatever happens after that, I, I think uh, one thing I have learned is uh, you have the right to at least say something or suggest something, and
1: if it would have worked, it would have worked, but obviously
0: nobody had a suggestion.
1: So, Yes, and the random team... Not, not so random storyline wise, because Savio Vega and Razor Ramon are friends um, uh, you know, on screen. But Razor Ramon, Savio Vega defeat the Mini 1, Corporation 123 Kid and Sanka. What are your thoughts on Savio? Because he's a guy who kind of goes under the radar through the years, but he was always consistent, <laughs> always kind of a good worker.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I always got along with Savio. I first met Savio in Japan, then, then when he came to WWF as Quang. Mm, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he uh is is another guy who you're right just kind of uh will will get in there and, and a lot of people still remember the match he had with Steve the uh Caribbean strap match I think it in your house was it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And and he worked some other matches with Steve when 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 uh Steve when he first came in. So um, once again, you have a guy like, like uh, Savio Vega, and you have a guy like Steve Austin, who I don't know if Steve knew Savio prior to coming to WWF or not, but uh, this was an for both of them to show how, how valuable they were, and I think they, they really did. And and Savio is one of those guys who who would tell you straight, and he's no bullshit. So he he would he would tell Steve and and that he wanted to work with him, and Steve said, "Yeah, man, hell yeah." So uh, I, I don't I don't know if that was good or bad that that Savio would would go out there and uh you know have the kind of matches he was having because he he would actually. Uh, have some pretty damn good matches, not not only on the house shows, but on TV as well. And it's a horrible analogy, but I kind of like it when you see Dusty Rhodes, he doesn't necessarily have the body, but my God, when, when the bell rings, he, he produces. And that was how I saw Savio too. Totally uh, agree. Yep. Yeah, yes. I mean, he he was, um, but uh, for all that, you, you, um, You still have to have everybody see it from from all sides, I guess.
1: Now, Razor Moan, you said, obviously, if anybody's ever met him before, he's a monster of a man, or maybe he shrunk just a little bit, but he was a monster of a man and big dude, super charismatic. What did you think about Razor? Because he was one of those guys that was always kind of a gatekeeper and never the world champion, and a lot of people say maybe he should have been world champ, but not for some backstage personal issues. Well,
0: again, I've known Scott Hall from he, he had a short stint in Alabama with the Fullers and the Armstrongs, and I also met Scott in I went to Germany for for a week for Ottawa's, and Scott came to the ring with me and had dinner afterwards in his trailer, and he um, he always not not just with size, but you're right, he has this. Charisma that, that you can't help but feel when he's around. Uh, so <sighs> he he was always he was always Scott twenty four seven. He was always Razor twenty four seven too. And I, I you got to give him credit because it worked for him. And uh, uh, he he was certainly going to make sure it worked for him no matter what. And he was focused. So, um, that was that was my take on him. I, I had known him for a few years prior, and then when I saw him up there, uh, uh, he he was the same guy, just just more in, in a different position. And he knew what position he was in. He was he was going to be figured in one way or another.
1: Do you think he should have been world champ?
0: Well, uh, from a talent standpoint. Yes, I. but there's more to being a world champ than a, a talent standpoint. And I, I think that you have to be dependable and you have to be re, able to be relied on. And um, I, I don't know that Vince at that I, – I don't know. So when I say I don't know, I mean I really don't know if Vince was uh, convinced he could or – or should be that guy. Because um, when Scott was on, he was on. But there were times when he wasn't always on. So and, and when you're the world champ, I believe, uh, you have more pressure. And there's, there's some people who do better than others in that position. So should he have been world champion from a talent standpoint? Absolutely. Uh, but... But from the other points of view, I, I don't know that he was convincing enough uh, to to make it happen,
1: obviously. Now, the last match in the quarterfinals, the Body Donnas against the greatest tag team of all time, the Bushwhackers. <sighs> what did you think of working with Luke and Butch, not only working <laughs> with them, but working with them in
0: 1996? Yeah. <laughs> well, they are both great, great people. I mean, if, if there's anybody you'd want to work with on a nightly basis for, for, for the fun, well, besides the Godwins, uh, but for the fun alone, it would be the Bushwhackers because all you're going to do is uh, – you're going <laughs> to do a Bushwhacker match. And uh, I, I got along with both of those guys. They were always always in a good mood, never – uh, never a downtime. Always a pleasure to go to the ring with those guys. So, but once again, it was
1: it was the Bushwhackers, and we
0: did a Bushwhacker
1: match. Love that they were still hanging on in '96. You, you got to well, well. No,
0: wait a minute. Hold on here. See, they
1: they were hanging on because they were doing what they were
0: doing. The the saying "less is more" was never more true. Than back then, it it was they they had the, the seniority, they had credibility of being the bushwhackers, and and people knew who the bushwhackers were, what the bushwhackers were, and and they weren't expecting Gotch Hackenschmidt, they wanted <laughs> they wanted right. the bushwhackers, and and no no pretenses were made on anyone's part in that match that we were going to do a scientific uh, clinic for the arena. This was. this was purely everything that we condemn and and
1: complain about today. As far as the next round, the Body Diamonds obviously will advance uh, supposedly against Razor Moan and Savio Vega, but Stone Cold Steve Austin replaces Savio Vega, who were actually feuding at that point. So there was some dissension within the ranks, and you guys get the win over them. But as far as Scott Hall, what was the issue with why he basically was off for a month or two months. Was it basically he wouldn't resign? They knew he was leaving, so they're just not going to put him on WrestleMania time and he's going to miss the shows, or was there a legit legit injury there?
0: I, I honest to goodness, don't know. Uh, I, I really never
1: got in deep to anybody's
0: business about that stuff, especially because uh, one of the worst places and things, in my opinion, it just makes my skin crawl is gossip, 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 especially backstage and, and locker room lawyers and things like that. But I I, I think w- with what was going on and just things that you couldn't help but know and hear and under, understand, um, I, I think it was a combination of you know, maybe I am hurt, but at the same time, maybe you just need to take some time off here and uh, re- rethink. Do you want to stay or not? I think that it, because it was obvious that back then there it was right after the uh, steroid k- trial and and there was a lot of uh, uh, um, I guess bills that were there were there were things that needed to be paid. I, I'm guessing and and I don't know exactly all the details uh, but right after that and the payoffs were not what everyone I guess uh, was expecting or at least hoping for so I think that kind of played into Scott's decision to maybe take off for a little bit and, and
1: leave shortly
0: after you know that, it's all business and
1: I'm I'm sure that's the
0: way uh, The Office was playing it, too.
1: Because it's interesting. He gets the win in the first round, and he's basically off for a couple months. He'll miss WrestleMania, but then, of course, they'll bring him back to lose to Vader at Good Friends, Bitter Enemies, which we will definitely talk about on another show because the Balidanas are on that show against the Godwins. Who would have thought? Um, uh, you guys would wrestle again, but yeah. um, that's just interesting that um, with, with Scott, like, Oh, he's not going to be a mania, but they'll put him here. So I always kind of wonder if there was something legit. Like I, legit you know,
0: I, I, I really, the, the whole thing is um, like, I've, I've heard Scott say this uh, and, and again, who knows if he's, if he's saying it for, for the fact or for the right, uh, um, for saying it or if it's actually true, but he used to say Sean would take the summers off you know, he'd just say he hurt his back and
1: mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. So
0: I mean, you know that that d- doesn't surprise me, doesn't shock me, doesn't. You, you just what I'm saying is, you you don't know. Nobody knows the real reason except Scott in the office, and everybody can speculate and we can say, yeah, this is exactly what happened. But I I don't know for a fact. I have uh, an opinion or a thought like anybody else, but I really can't say. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that Scott. Just felt maybe it was uh, better he took a little time off and maybe the office felt the same way and just go away for a month
1: uh, and we'll see where we're at and uh, around that point too was the contract negotiations where basically WCW and Bischoff had offered him and Nash a pretty good chunk of change and Vince could not match it would not match it so that may have played a part as well
0: Oh, I'm sure it played a part. That, that's that's what I mean. It, yeah, it yeah. wasn't the time of uh, uh, your coffers running over in WWE or WWF, uh, and and why not? I think Vince would probably did tell him you'd be stupid not to take it now because I can't afford it. But it doesn't mean we're not not ever going to say you know, pick up the phone and say hi or oh, how are you guys doing. So I, I think that that that's just the way. Uh, everybody from all sides looked at business back then that, that
1: the guys were in it for the money and they should be and go with the best deals at. As far as you kind of making that uh, Scott Hall line or saying that Scott Hall line about Shawn Michaels, I think uh, fans of my age or my era, knowing Michaels, that was like, almost like a joke that, okay, he's going to do something to be off for a while or, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they Oh, he's, oh, he's Mr. WrestleMania. That's because he only shows up at WrestleMania. You know, he's right. always, like, make those jokes. Well, it wasn't a joke.
0: So, yeah, there you go. It was real.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the other semifinal match, the Godwins get the upset victory over Owen Hart Bulldog and kind of move on to the finals. So it's Godwins, Body Donnas. Who would have thought it? Body Donnas get the victory. Obviously, I'm just going to talk about it in a second because it's going to be a WrestleMania 12 in the free-for-all, which we've mm. briefly mentioned before, but what was the thought on the Godwins? Because Henry Godwin is—I mean, Dennis Knight is a big guy too, but Henry Godwin is a is a monstrous man. If you ever, yeah, you know, I mean, he is a big boy. He's a scary dude. But it's just crazy to think, like, man, he's just like a monster guy and a good worker. Though I mean, he could move. He he was definitely well, had some good matches. What were your thoughts on the Godwins?
0: Uh, again, I've known uh, both of those guys, Mark and. and- uh, Phineas, <laughs> Dennis Knight, and uh, Mark Canterbury. They, they, I, gosh, I want to say I met Mark in Atlanta, uh wherever it was. But I knew him before he got there, and I knew Tex too. Texas certainly met in Tennessee, and um, they are big guys. And I've seen, uh, O. Henry, Godwin, actually, um. Grab somebody by the face before, and and it's one of those things when you see people like that. It's almost like a lion mauling this poor doe. And uh, I knew he was capable <laughs> of grounding either one of us, and he did on occasion. On occasion, just have fun, just just do stupid stuff in the ring. Uh, but they were good guys, and again, it was that. That time, that era of Duke the Dumpster, the Goon, um, T.L. Hopper, and and it was like, oh, my God. You know, fitness fanatics, two guys with the hot chick, and then we're going to take her away and give us a transvestite. That'll get us over. That'll
1: work, <laughs> let me tell you. That's a stroke of genius. Right, oh, do you— Cloudy wasn't
0: great? Oh, man. Cloudy was tremendous. But, you know, even as I'm sitting there listening and knowing this is definitely the nail in the coffin, I still just said, okay, uh, that's how uh, beat down or just how uh, tired, just how tired I was of, of the whole scenario, the whole circus. So anytime the, the body Donna's, or a focal point it's um kind of like black cloud that rains constantly over my head, so it's uh uh the the <laughs> that's why that's why the tag tournament brings back the memories of the new rockers, yes um, hakushi and uh who
1: ever uh, H- Horowitz.
0: Oh my God! How could I forget that? You know what I mean. So it's like, yes. well, you should be happy because the people said this,
1: and
0: had, no, you should be happy you won the world champion, the world titles, world tag team titles, right? No, 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 no. You don't understand. Uh, you, when you, you, you get to go out and, and spend fifteen minutes in the ring, if if that, and then you come back and deal with the rest of it, so. Uh, that's why I don't think that part of WWF is really ever mentioned a whole lot, um, out there, but it could be wrong. I, I really could be wrong, John. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make light of the whole matter when it's like the Godwins and the Bushwhackers were the two top teams in
1: this <laughs> friggin'
0: tag team tournament, you know? You know what? And,
1: you know, it's so interesting though about that. I mean, the Godwins, without that weird kind of gimmick, they're actually a really good team, and two actually pretty good guys, especially. They actually inside. are.
0: They yeah. really are. Don't Just get me wrong.
1: But but wait gimmick, a minute. So
0: here, well, no, that there's the other thing though. Even as Tex and um, it was Tex Lasinger and Shanghai Pierce. Shanghai Pierce, thank you. Uh, even as that though, they they. We're really still the barbarian and, um, oh, put Terry, the bald head guy. Warlord. Warlord, thank you. Even at that, Texan and Shanghai were the barbarian and warlord. And I mean no disrespect when I say that, but I'm saying they were two big guys and they looked apart, the but there was still something missing. Mm hmm. Okay. And, yep. and, and and they were great workers and, and they could, but I I don't know, I don't know. It just it sure wasn't uh I don't know that it registered that high in the Richter
1: scale when we went to the ring, is
0: what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. As, as
1: yeah. far as like that era is just interesting with like the gimmicks like that. But do you think Owen and the Bulldog versus the Body Donna's could have had a great match because it's just on paper with those four guys. It just seems like it would be a great match or they're not going to do heel versus heel, right? Well, no, 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 no. And, and I
0: don't doubt that we could have a great match with anybody. So don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying at all. Um, that That's not it. It's just the, the uh, personas and the attitude and the um, perception at that time. I mean, it was... Uh, the Bush records had had been there since the eighties and and were over. Yes. But they were a few years now down the line Mm -hmm. and and the new rockers really didn't have the same oomph as Marty and Sean, but it was the tag team. I get it. And then you had, of course, we we can just, the whole thing just didn't have a whole lot of uh, um, stellar, what am I trying to say? I'm digging a hole even deeper than I want to. I really am. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to knock every damn team we had back then. That's not really what I'm trying to do. Even Keep though that's digging exact, that hole. Keep that's digging. exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing that without really trying to. It just wasn't uh, the, the hot, you know, British Bulldogs versus uh, the Hart Foundation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't yep. that era when, when you had those kind of teams. And it was just a different vibe, and we knew it, and I think everybody – so for me to even try and um, (laughs) – even try to make it better than it was, I don't even know how to do that. I really, really don't. So I don't mean – I'm not – I don't, and let me say this again, my disclaimer, every time you make a disclaimer saying you really don't and you really not means I guess you really are, huh? So I just better shut up. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to leave it right there then. Body is. With, of course, the beautiful Sonny, defeat the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim, free for all, WrestleMania 12. You guys win the vacant WWF Tag Team Championship. The match only goes about 5 minutes and 30 seconds. A very short match. And it wasn't, like we mentioned before, and I know this is a, a nail in the heart here, but uh, wasn't on WrestleMania 12, just the free for all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: there, there's another reason to. You know, love that time and place, I guess. I don't know, man. It was, um, I was happy to be there at the time, and and we did what we did, and and it was what it was. And I hate when people say that because I, I do the same thing and say, well, what was it? And it, what is it? Don't just say it is what it is and it was what it was. What was it? Uh, it sure wasn't a shining light or a shining time for tag team wrestling, but by God, we led the pack. <laughs> And there you go. Hmm. That's all I can say.
1: You sound like the Macho Man there. It is what it is. It is what it is.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was a bunch of shit. That's what it was.
1: As far as that match and being on the free-for-all, if the Iron Man match isn't an Iron Man match and in an hour, you guys would have definitely been on the card, right? You
0: would You would have uh, to. Sing. Well, we can assume all day long, and if is a middle word in life, but uh, who knows? Uh, I, really, who knows? I I was happy just to be there at the time, and quite honestly, you can't be just happy to be wherever you're at. You have to keep striving, you have to keep going, and uh, that's what that's what I think this generation or some some of these guys in this generation understand that and aren't aren't afraid to do it. But um, that's uh, that's what you have to do, and (laughs) you can't be happy. You can't settle. You can't rest on your laurels, and you can't be complacent, whatever. If you want to be successful in this business, you must find your confidence. You must know when something's going south. You must know when you don't feel it, and you must know when it's just not what you need to be doing. And you need to speak up. But you also have to know how to speak up. I mean, it's a real simple solution. It's just not easy to do it. Uh, so,
1: but that's what you have to do. Now, with the Godwins, you said, obviously, you guys worked them so much. As far as body done, is this kind of like the favorite team to work with? I mean, not that you're working with so many different teams, but... For as far as like good moments with the uh, body guys, was fun working with the Godwin. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, they they were it was fun and they were good guys and and it was good good working with them because really we weren't going to get hurt. And They that that wasn't even a thought. So uh that part of going to work was okay. Um Yeah, they they were they were great guys in that respect.
1: WrestleMania 12, do you stay for the show? Do you watch the whole show all the way through?
0: Oh, of out? You, okay. No, of course. No, we we stayed. I mean, it's, it's WrestleMania, and uh, everybody wanted to see the Iron Man match. I certainly wanted to see it. And I, I, I thought they had a hell of a match that night, too.
1: Definitely. Maybe, I don't know, for some reason, I always thought that they probably could have just had a great Match not really been an Iron Man match. Maybe go shorter, get you guys on the card, give Piper and Goldust a little bit more time. You know, maybe Warrior doesn't squash Triple H in you know a minute. You know what I mean? Maybe it would have made the rest of the card better if there were longer matches and more matches on the card.
0: Well, okay,
1: um, if if you say so,
0: you think. Are you no, agreeing or you're no? Not no, agreeing? no, I'm no, no. I'm really not agreeing because uh, I could tell you. Uh, I, yeah, I, I. It would have been a wonderful thought. It would have been a wonderful thing. But um, as we find ourselves coming up, I guess be next year be WrestleMania 37. I don't think anybody would remember it then. Kind of like they don't really necessarily remember it now. Uh, but but I just I. Yeah, it it um, I'm I'm looking back on some of those WrestleManias. In fact, all the WrestleManias was either a one or two match card, right? You know, for the most part, and that's what they're supposed to be. So, it would have been nice to be, to have been there, but uh, no such luck.
1: Hey, I was just trying to sneak you on the card. You know, I was trying. To oh, I you got you.
0: And I, listen, I appreciate the effort, and I'm sure that if you were in the uh, on the writers team or or somewhere, uh, even just as an intern that you you might be asked your opinion. And if you had anything to add, and I'm sure that would have come uh, and been met with many, many uh,
1: interesting looks. So,
0: but good idea. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for thinking. Yeah.
1: Who was the head booker? Was it Bruce at this point was the head writer? I don't believe so. I believe this was Russo. No, there's, I think Russo would be more towards 97. I don't think he was a part... I know he was writing um, stuff, but I don't think, I don't think he was uh, the writer in 96, though. I want to say, because it, it wasn't Pat, I want to think it was Brucey, Brother Brucey.
0: Uh, gosh, I thought... I'm trying to figure out who even gave her a finish that night. might have been Briscoe, but Briscoe wasn't writing. Um... I, I I thought it was Russo, but I but I could be wrong. Might have been. It, I don't think Bruce was ever on his own there. So if it was anybody, it was Bruce and Pat and Vince. And that could be another reason why we certainly weren't. Uh, yeah, or whatever. I don't know. The triangle of terror, right there. It could be. <laughs> they've been called worse. Yes, yeah, they, yeah. they certainly have. But uh, I'm trying to keep
1: it down these days. Yes, yes. Now, as far as the WrestleMania 12 and really the WWF tag tournament. I think we can kind of close the book on that one and open another book and maybe a complete one-year training curriculum and guide for beginners and seasoned pros. Yes. Dr. Tom's book. I'm talking about a pro wrestling curriculum advice, suggestions and stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Dr. Tom, take it, uh, take us, tell us a little bit more about the book. You can find my book and on
0: Amazon.com as well as uh, uh, get it from PayPal, and I will personally sign and autograph uh, a book, send it off to you for $25. Uh, if, again, if you want to email me, and I'll give you my PayPal account, it is jpwrestlingacademy.com.
1: And I will uh, give you all the information if you're interested in the book. A pro wrestling tea store has been open as well. You can pick up a Dr. Tom shirt or a JPWA shirt. A Patreon page is also available where you, where you can become a patron and support JPWA. Also, I'm on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. Dr. Tom is at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, do you have anything else for us? Uh, I'm just
0: going to mention again, we have uh, JPWA opening June 1st, and our second class, or third class, pardon me, uh, will be in at the end of August. So uh, we're going to do 12 weeks uh, through August 21st, and take a week break there, then come back. So if you can't do uh, June 1st through August 21st, check us out. In, at, at the end of August uh, in the uh, fall. And you can go to jpwrestlingacademy.com for all the information and applications for the
1: JPWA. One final thing I wanted to mention before we close this one out Stone Cold Steve Austin gave you a great shout out. We remember every week we were kind of talking about this person that gave you a shout out, this person, whether it be uh, Natalia or uh, Tyson Kidd or Kofi Kingston or Sheamus. Well, Steve Austin can now put his name to that, giving you a big compliment. Did you see Stone Cold giving you I, some big props I, on Twitter? I, I did, I did, I did. Uh, I don't
0: remember verbatim what he said, but I know I answered him and said those were some good times. Yes.
1: He learned a lot from you on the road and a lot from you in wrestling is basically what he, if I could paraphrase the great Steve Austin, yeah, that's what right. he's saying. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, I, I wrote a lot with Steve and we <laughs> had a lot of good times. I mean, uh, I, I will not deny that. And if he learned anything from it, then, then, i'm grateful and and i thank him for even uh saying that and and bringing it up <laughs> just to reiterate but i'm even more grateful and thankful but if you learn something because a lot of times you can sure as hell learn not what to do and if if it was any of that then
1: more power to him. maybe it's what not to do
0: right well that that's my point you know if you, yeah, yeah, exactly. you, you yep. can learn you can yep. learn you know what to do and what not to do along the way too so uh but either way, I, I just know that Steve was always a student of the game, and he was always one of those guys that um, you if you really want to talk about sacrifice and dedication, they, who would eat a sack of potatoes, get a sack of potatoes literally from the grocery store, bring them to his room because he he wasn't going to ask for money from his parents or family or anybody. He was going to make it on his own. He was determined. And living at a really – shithole place called the congress inn in nashville tennessee um i lived there too and that's how we hooked up that's that's we would ride to the towns together and uh yes drink beer yes have some fun down the road um and and talk and just not necessarily always about wrestling but just the good thing about it is And David Heath, Gangrel, said this during one of the training sessions. He said, and I don't recall who told him this, but he said, the jewel is in the journey. It's not the destination. So enjoy the journey while you're doing it. And uh, when Dave said that one day, it it just hit me. And I thought, wow, that's true, because you don't know when this is going to end. You don't know how it's going to end. So while you were in it, enjoy it and do it and learn and listen and have fun along the way. I truly believe if you don't have fun doing this, uh, then it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. If you don't have fun doing something in in life and that you love and that you have the opportunity to do, not everybody has that opportunity and not everybody follows through. So those who do understand uh, that it really is in the journey. And you have to live each day like that. It's crazy as it sounds, and it took me a long time to get to that point, but I have arrived, thank God. So I survived the pre-attitude era. I survived the Donna's. and uh, I'm going to keep on surviving, I guess, John. It's the only thing I can do.
1: I absolutely love it. And I'd like to thank everybody uh, for tuning in uh, this week, and we will see you next week on Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. See you then, folks. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.